You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer, Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode, we recommend awesome books by black authors. But first, what are you reading, Bria? Oh, I just finished a fantastic book uh, by former guests of the show, Bethany C. Morrow. Oh, uh, I know you were stoked about this book. A Song Below Water, which is fantastic. It's about... You know, all the descriptions say it's about uh, mermaids, black mermaids, but technically they're sirens, which is a little different. Um, I, I will say this is like an extremely reading glasses type. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, Listen, they're actually sirens. It's, it's about, um, it's a YA book about a girl living in Portland, Oregon. And um, it's sort of this like fantasy world, but really combined with like, uh, everything we know now, like if we just dropped fantasy into our world now. So some people are sirens, um, uh, girls, all, all girls, and almost all of them are black as well. I think that there was, I should check that, but, um, but I think as in recent years, almost all of them are black. And, um, it means that they can like say words and make you do something like their words can have power, but like they, you don't know all of the words. You have to learn certain things. Like it's all very, um, like, she doesn't lay out the rules immediately, and not all the sirens have, like, the same things that they can do. Mm-hmm. And basically, society is very scared of them. Um, but within this world, also, sprites live there, and gargoyles. So, um, this girl is a siren, and um, essentially, it's her life being a siren, which is something people are scared of. People, like, some sirens wear collars to basically make it so that they can't use their powers. Um and she and her her friend lives with her who also seems to have something going on but she doesn't know but she does really love this renaissance fair where she plays a mermaid it's fantastic it's this whole what? renaissance fair um um vibe happening and um it's very timely. They go to a protest, um, like a pro-siren protest, and um, a big thing's ha- thing happens there. But the world, like I said, the world is full of other things as well. Uh, there are sprites. There's a gargoyle that sits on her house um, all day and is essentially, uh, well, is keeping an eye on her. You find out more about that. But it is great. Oh, man. I, I loved it. I, I love her writing. Her writing is really great. Um, she had a novella that I really liked. Um, and, um, yeah, it's fantastic. A Song Below Water, I loved it. Totally worth checking out if you like fantasy, if you like, it takes place in Portland, Oregon, which is, like, interesting to me because that's where my mom lives. Um, and it's also just, like, amazing, um, writing that is about racism, but also about sort of being an outcast. It's fantastic. Um, uh, what are you reading? I am reading a nonfiction book that when I saw it recommended, I think I saw this book on Twitter and it was just one of those books where I was like, oh my God, this is the hot center of my wheelhouse. Uh, it is called Darkly uh, by Layla Taylor and it is a part memoir, part like culture book, uh, a la like Hanifa Durakib's kind of books. Um about it's it's all about how the black experience has shaped goth culture oh interesting yeah and i saw this and i was like oh my god i need this book so badly (laughs) (laughs) and it is amazing so far and the author layla taylor is a creative director for the brooklyn public library and she has glasses i was like 
is this person my soulmate? (laughs) But yeah, it's amazing. It really goes into like, yeah, how black culture from go influenced goth and horror culture or uh, not black culture, black, well, black culture, but also black, the black experience in America shaped goth culture. And it is like for any goth horror person, this book is a must read. It's absolutely fucking fantastic. So that is Darkly by Layla Taylor. And mine is A Song Below Water by Bethany C. Mora. So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. Helen wrote in with a hot book tip. Hot book tip. Wow, wow. Wow, wow. So I was updating my Goodreads reading list today and I couldn't remember when I started to read a book. Luckily, I had checked the book out using the Libby app. So all I had to do was go to Libby, look up my reading journey on the app, and it told me the date I checked out the book. Then I was able to go back to Goodreads and add the correct date I started reading the book. Yay, Libby app. Wouldn't it be great if there was a way to link the Libby app to Goodreads or whatever book tracking app you use so that book you check out is automatically added into your currently reading list? Who do we call about this? I will say, unfortunately, Goodreads is owned by Amazon, who probably deeply hates the library, mm. so I don't think this is ever going to happen. Uh, but it would be cool. Someone can make an uh, outside it, um, um, app because I have one... I have a little um, thing on my computer that when I log, if I look at a book, like, oh, and, the, and it tells it, it on Amazon, it tells me if it's available at the library. So oh, people, I remember. You can make I plugins. Think we talked about that yeah. a really long time ago on the show. You can make plugins. By the way, I also love this reading journey aspect of Libby. I use it constantly because I will check out a book and it gets, and then it returns or I haven't had time to read it. And I'm like, what was that book that I just had? And I can't remember. And you can go through your reading journey and see like what you've had, what's been on hold, like all that kind of stuff. It's great. Awesome. Yeah. Rose wrote in and with the wheelhouse and a dog house. I love it. People are immediately jumping on the, the train. of The dog house, their dog the dog house wagon. I <laughs> am <laughs> uh, into this. All right. Here's the wheelhouse. Intense world building, including magical schools, someone training to become an assassin, psychopomps, or and or small gods. I don't know what a psychopomp is. Uh, I I do know this. It is a psychopomp is something. I believe it's an animal that appears right before you die. A guide of souls get- to the place of the dead. Yes. Great. Yes. Okay. okay. Um. <laughs> or and or small gods, uh, intelligent animal companions, healthy sibling relationships, uh, magical books and libraries, uh, personal essays or memoirs, especially ones about reading, plot that really moves along, <laughs> romances <laughs> that hand uh, where adults handle their shit. Do you want to do the doghouse? Yes. Uh, all right. So the doghouse is when I hate spending time with all the characters. Yeah. <laughs> Love triangles, Rose. I'm with you on that. Uh, uh, fails the Bechtel test. Uh, author is vocally homophobic, transphobic, etc. cetera. Uh, title in the form of the man's woman. This made me laugh so fucking hard. Like the doctor's daughter, the baker's wife. Just uh, like, because that is such a genre of, especially of literary fiction. Like the man, the time the traveler. Woman. Isn't there like so, a time traveler's just, wife? And so like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah so yeah. fucking funny. Cause just putting it, putting it in that way. The man's woman is just hysterical. Yeah. Uh, also enemies to lovers. Someone who doesn't like enemies to lovers. There's some people who love uh, P.S. wrote, uh, and Rose also wants to say, P.S. I would like to join your religion. The one where Bria and Mallory dress up as book priests. You're welcome to it. Incredible. <laughs> 
<laughs> so you can always email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com if you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month. You can sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes. And we have uh, a hot bookmark this week. Uh, very excited. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna make a bookmark noise. There's no bookmark noise. No. It doesn't have its own its own slide whistle. It's not. It's true. Uh, so Dong Wan Song is a past guest and friend of the show, and he has a new streaming show for folks looking to get into the publishing industry. If you don't remember, Dong Wan came on to he is a literary agent, and he came on to talk about being a literary agent. Um, he is one of the most knowledgeable people I know about publishing. He, he used to be an editor and he's now an agent. So if you're looking for information, this is the show to check out. Uh, so it's called Agent Talk uh, with uh, another author or another agent, Seth Fishman. Um, and it's a weekly series with literary with these two literary agents from the Gernert Company and uh, the Howard Morheim Literary Agency. They'll discuss topics in the industry and answer questions from attendees to the talk. And the goal is to provide educational resources to new agents, assistants, and interns looking to learn more about the business. And so this is this is not a writing show. This is for industry professionals, people to like looking to get into the publishing industry. But I know that's definitely some folks in our listenership and mm-hmm. now that things are I, I the, the the one of the only good things to come out of this like nightmare quarantine situation is i'm seeing a lot of companies that are much more open to having people work remotely and work from home and hopefully that opens up the publishing industry mm. a little bit so if you always want to get into publishing you have a lot of questions you're curious follow them on twitter uh so the show is called agent talk or you can catch them live on twitch and youtube on fridays at 1 p.m uh eastern time um another bookmark is in case you notice uh this show has some new little uh noises in between our segments and those were um sent in and created by by a listener of the show, Rosalyn. Um, I won't say her last name. That seems rude. Uh, But thank you so much, Rosalyn. It's been very fun. Um, She created all of these, uh, all of these herself. She recorded the sounds and uh, sound designed them and they're really cool. So listen for those new little sound effects on the show. So before we recommend books by black authors, we're going to take a quick break. Dead Pilot Society brings you exclusive readings of comedy pilots that were never made, featuring actors like Patton Oswalt. So the vampire from the future sleeps in the dude's studio during the day, and they hunt monsters at night. It's Blade meets the odd couple. Adam Scott and Jane Levy. Come on, Corey. She's too serious, too businessy. She doesn't know the hokey pokey. Well, she'll learn what it's all about. <laughs> Busy Phillips and Dave Keckner. Baby, this is family. My Uncle Tell, who showed his wiener to Cinderella at Disneyland, is family. Do you want him staying with us? He did stay with us for three months. And he was a delight. <laughs> a new pilot every month, only on Dead Pilot Society for Maximum Fun. This week, folks, we finally caught up. We recorded the last few episodes ahead of time uh, and released them during a very turbulent time in in, in the country. And you probably heard our, our hastily recorded intros, but now we're finally caught up. We're recommending books we love by black authors. So after the murder of George Floyd and the resulting worldwide wave of protests, loads and loads of people rushed to buy nonfiction books by black authors about racism and how to combat white supremacy. So much so that the New York Times 
uh, nonfiction yeah. list this week was basically just like all black authors talking about um, racism, which was awesome. And I hope that the bestseller lists just continue on that to be that way in the future. And this is all wonderful. But it's very important to support fiction by black authors all the time. You know, books about black people being happy and going on adventures and, and fantasy and sci-fi and just like, it's just so, we should all be supporting black authors of all genres all the time. So there's so the, so many great nonfiction recommended reading lists right now on the internet, but we wanted to put together a big recommendations episode for you of fiction. Uh, so Bria, what is your first pick? Um, because I talked about his other book earlier this year, I wanted to recommend um, a Dexter Palmer book called Version Control. He's the one oh, who wrote I know, that yeah, book. You love that. Um, yeah, he's you one love who, book. who wrote the book earlier this year that I talked about about the rabbits, the woman giving birth to rabbits. Um, I, I will say there were. I mentioned this book in one of our in, the, in a recent or a recent episode because some we and we've had some people on Twitter uh, demand answers about how Stuart Little Little was conceived. So I know <laughs> I'm not alone. <laughs> well, this he has another book called Version Control, which is actual science fiction, um, but it's also like has sort of like. It kind of like unravels a mystery, I would say. Um, I can't remember if I've talked about it on the show or not before. Um, I can't remember. um, It's about a woman whose husband has died. And basically everything in her world feels off. Like she walks into a room and she's like, I don't know. Was that TV there before? Or she's like watching the news and she's like, was that person always standing there? They seem like they would be a different person. Something is weird. Um, And before her husband died, he was working on a time travel device. And I don't want to say too much more. Um, It is sort of a time travel story. It also has this thing that really stuck with me about um, this whole event that takes place in the book about self-driving cars and essentially uh, how how in the, in the book, I don't think it's saying too much to tell you this part of the book, but in the book, there's these self everyone has these self-driving cars and they're they're designed to like stay a certain amount apart, right? Um, but then a couple some people like kind uh, they like fuck with the way they're made or something in order to be able oh, to play so scary in order to be able to play like this game on their phone essentially and um it causes like a disaster because humans decide to like fuck with this thing that was Uh, designed so perfectly Um, it's not like anti-technology it's very like pro-technology but it's interesting it's a great book um it's a he really created this interesting science fiction world that isn't too far off from our own um yeah, and if you've ever had that thing where you're like, I forgot what I came in this room to do, you kind of like get a creepy feeling when you're reading this book, Oof. for sure. Um, what is your Oof. first pick, Mallory? Uh, so my first pick, I've already talked about this year, but it truly has not been doppled as my favorite, like tippity-top favorite, favorite book of 2020 yet. So I want to talk about it again in a little more detail because uh, I think when I was talking about it, it was like at the top of the show and I hadn't finished it yet. Uh, and it's We Ride Upon Sticks by Quan Berry. Uh, I love this book so much. It is my favorite book of the year. Uh, it's one of those books that you immediately want to read again, not because it was like a big mystery or whatever, but just because I loved have you ever had an experience where you love being in a book so much that you're like, I just want to, I wish there was more book. <laughs> I just want to go back and stay sure, there. Sure. Um, so it's about a girls field hockey team in Massachusetts in the nineties. And they're absolutely fucking awful. Uh, they're in high school. They just lose every game until one of the girls starts writing their names down in an Emilio Estevez notebook, a la the witches. 
because uh, it takes place in Danvers, Massachusetts, where all the witch trials took place in the 1600s. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's they're doing it as if they're like writing their name in the devil's book, you know. But the thing is, after they start doing it, they start fucking winning, like crushing it. Um, and it's about all of their it's a it's about like each chapter is like from a different member of the team's point of view and like all the different friendships and like they're all trying to figure out what's going on and it oh it's so good it is like if you're looking for a teen girl high school book that's like weird and kind of strange and oh absolutely fucking fantastic this is what's your next pick this is sitting by oh. the way but next to my bed to read because he gave it to me and i i know i need to start reading it we i socially distanced gave it to, to bria i put it on bria's porch and then walked away and then bria opened her door and like, <laughs> <grabbed> the book <laughs> Uh, my, I want to do a recent one, too, because I feel like we talk about these books at the beginning. We're like, this book is great. And then we never kind of like come back to them or we're like halfway through them. And when I read yes. this year that I really liked um, that came out this year is called Remembrance by Rita Woods. First of all, I looked up Rita Woods um, because I knew I was going to be talking about Remembrance. And um, it's her first novel. And when she's not writing, she's a goddamn doctor. She's a goddamn doctor, which is like, no, you're not allowed to be good at all of these things. That's not fair to the rest of us I who are bad at most things. Rita Woods like an octopus where she has like on with two hand two arms, she's like doing brain surgery, and another <laughs> hand she's holding a book, and another hand she's like frying up a frittata, and like another and hand it's she's not fair. like, I don't know, I know. training a dog Listen, to do something like very, incredible. Very impressive. There's there's a couple of so there's a story. So anyway, it's, it's kind of a magical realism book and it takes place in several time periods. And one time period actually is in um, some sort of like nursing facility, sort of from the point of view of this nurse who's dealing with an elderly woman who's not very lucid. And um, so now I know why that's probably like a very realistic depiction. So it has that era and then it has um, it's Haiti in the 1790s during a revolt um, that leads um, this one character, Abigail, to New Orleans. And then it also takes place during um uh with this uh with this slave in New Orleans um named Margot and her escape. So it's these three different time periods, but they all are connected in a very specific way. Um and what you find out is this character Abigail um from Haiti um has this ability to sort of like warp molecules and space and time and she's able to create um a safe space for runaway slaves. Um for escaped slaves. Wow. Um, yeah. So sh- they can go and the the white people and the slave owners cannot go into this area that they have like created because they can't find their way through. It's like the trees morph and the thing, they, they, they're just unable to find their way through because they, because she's created this special place. And what we learn is a lot of the other characters we meet have powers that they start to realize where they can like do special things. It's really incredible. Um, and blew me away. It's a novella, I believe, and so and it's a very it's it's a quick read, and um, yeah, I just loved it. And for first novel, I mean, man, amazing. Oh my gosh! What's your next? Uh, I think my next pick. I'm pretty sure same thing. One of us. I don't know if it was me or if it was you. Talked about it at the top of the show a while ago. Uh, but it is Freshwater by Akweke Emazi, uh, which is the book for you if you're looking for some weird fiction. Oh, you were reading Pet by them. Oh, that's right. I was reading Pet. I was like, this name is familiar to me. I almost put Pet on this list, but I feel like I talked about it so recently. But maybe it wasn't that recently. Yes. I can't remember. So they have a YA book called Pet that is also fantastic. Um, but I'm going to be talking about Freshwater. It, fr- Pet is for YA 
uh, Freshwater is an adult book. It's very fucking weird. It's Mal- Mallory pick for sure. Mm-hmm. It is wicked surreal, but it is beautiful. It's about a girl who is born, but as they say in the book, this girl has like one foot on the other side. It's as if she has these like separate selves and she's like very strange and her parents are really concerned about her. And then she grows up and travels from Southern Nigeria to America to go to college. Uh, And something happens to her that really kind of like solidifies these different selves of hers, Um, like cracks her, like cracks these selves like even further. And it is, Truly one of the most unique books I've ever read. It is so, so beautiful. And it's just like, it's like one of those books where you're just, it's just stunning. Like, absolutely amazing. And that, uh, Bria, what, that's their oh, debut. That was their debut. Yes. That's amazing. So yes. Pet came out after. Oh, that's impressive. Okay, cool. Yeah, amazing. And you can tell that I really like this book because the cover is a two-headed snake and I still picked it up. Oh, wow. That is impressive. Wow, was that in your doghouse? Yes, Snakes was, right? Yes. Okay. Um, What's your next pick? Um, Well, I'm putting a little of my, I'm I'm front loading my sci-fi fantasy, just so you know. Uh, My next is- um, (laughs) Get them all out of the way. Is the Molly Southbourne series. I feel like I've talked about most of these on the show. It's by Tade Thompson. Um, It just, but it just got optioned by Edgar Wright's new production company to be a series. Which is so exciting. It, it, It is the perfect series. It's about this girl, Molly, and, um- uh, she is a teenager. This is not, it is very, it is very dark though, um, because when she bleeds, another version of her is formed from the blood and that version is trying to kill her. So <laughs> it is very dark. It's a constant problem for her, especially once she hits the age where she starts menstruating. So she had, that. that's a whole what issue. A nightmare. And you can, she can do certain things to stop the person from forming. She can like, I think, I, I can't remember like burn it and bury it or something. Like there, there's something she could do, but Here's the thing, you cut yourself all the time, especially when you're a kid. Think about how often you fell down as a kid oh and like, God. you know, bled on something or whatever and you don't even realize like, oh, I just picked a, a zit, you know? And like, that's uh. a person. Um, so it's pretty, pretty wild. Um, they're great. Um, there's three novellas, I think, in the series. And the third one really surprised me and went places I didn't expect it to because... Um, uh, I don't feel like I can say too much, but um, but I mean, the, if you think about it, at some point, one of these people is probably one of these versions of Molly is probably going to survive. And what does that look like? Which is kind of where um, not good. Got. <laughs> um, so it's fascinating. Um, and I, I I love this series. It's a quick series, totally worth reading. Uh, what's your What's your last one before the break? Uh, so my third book is The Turner House by Angela Flournoy. And this is the book you want to read if you want to read a motherfucking saga. <laughs> you know, it is excellent. It is the kind of literary fiction that you just like sink into. It is like, there's just like a lot of shit going on. So it's a story about a Detroit family and with 13 children and how the whole family deals with the economic changes and the family dramas in Detroit in this neighborhood from the 1940s up until 2008. Uh, it is so fucking engrossing. It is wonderful. You just get totally enmeshed in this family and all the different like relationships and the dramas. Uh, it is, uh, it is so fucking good. I love this. I am so looking forward to her next book. Uh, and so, before we recommend more books, we're gonna take a quick break. Hi. 
Hi, I'm James, host of Minority Corner, which is a podcast that's all about intersectionality. It's hosted by James with a guest host every week. Discussing all sorts of wonderful issues, nerdy and political. Pop culture. Black, queer, feminism. Race, sexuality. News. You're going to learn your history, their self-empowerment, and it's told by what feels like your best friend. Why should someone listen to Minority Corner? Why not? Oh my God, free stuff. There's not free stuff. The listeners of Minority Corner will enjoy some necessary LOLs, but mainly a look at what's happening in our world through a colorful lens. People will get the perspective of marginalized communities. I feel heard. I feel seen. Like you said, you need to understand how to be more proactive in your community, and this is a great way to get started. Join us every Friday on Max Fun or wherever you get your podcast. Minority, Minority Corner. Corner. Because, because together, together, we're the majority. And we're back. Bria, what is your next pick? Well, my favorite, one of one of my favorite books last year, if not my very favorite, was The Nickel Boys by Colson Whitehead. Um, I pre-ordered the paperback when I saw that you had put this on your list because it was one of those books where I was like, oh, I'm going to wait for the paperback. And then I saw that it was up for pre-order and I'm like, ah, nice. okay, I want this. So uh, I've got it pre-ordered. You will love it. Um, it is, um, it's literary fiction slash historical fiction. Um, it's based on a true story about a juvenile reform school in the 1960s. Um you think things have improved? Uh, no, they have not. <laughs> you think things were shitty in the 1960s? Yes, they were. Uh, that, that is what we've learned. Um, it does not shy away. Basically, um, it's about this one boy, and he is his life is on the right path. He's doing well in, like, one thing. He fucks up with one thing by getting in a car with somebody who just happened to not be the car he should have been in. Um, completely not his fault. And he ends up at this like school for boys, um, like reform school. And um, Colson Whitehead does not shy away from what happens at the school. And it's all based on the true story. Um, it's very real about what it is like being uh, a black man in the South then. Um, but also it has some, it kind of flashes forward to now as well. Um, and it also has this uh, really nice story about friendship, um, a little bit of kindness, a little bit of recovery, um, a lot about sort of like masculinity and um, just, just it's just fantastic. But I mean, at its core, it is about historical racism but how it carries on today and how we think it's over and it's not over and when you think it's over you find bodies buried from less than 50 years ago of these boys you know and th that's truly what happened what made Colson Whitehead write this is um they found all these bodies buried behind one of these schools that they they were killing these boys and it's just horrible i mean they're kids they're un they're under 18 to be at this school so it is crazy um it's so well written just like all of his stuff is but um uh yeah i loved it it, it really blew me away what's your next next wreck <laughs> wreck I love it. It makes me feel so cool yeah. uh so you know this wouldn't be a recommendation episode without me recommending something scary although you'd be very proud i none none of my picks are haunted house books <laughs> um so I've talked a lot on the show about how much I love Helen Oyeyemi uh, and her haunted house book, which is White is for Wishing. White is for Witching. Um, so I'm going to talk about another one of her books. Uh, it's called What is Not Yours is Not Yours. And it is a short story collection full of like really weird, surreal, spooky short stories. It's 
fucking magnificent. I honestly wanted to do one of these stories for one of our isolation book clubs, mm. but none of them are online. Mm. Like they're not available online for free. They're just like so gorgeous and strange. It like really is like a perfect summer read. This is a, a, a collection I would recommend for like sitting outside with some lemonade or like, I don't even know what you're allowed to do now for like, what, what does a beach read look like in quarantine? Like, there's a lot of know. people at the beaches, honestly. So they're just out there. They shouldn't. Be. <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of wind. You're probably okay if you're just out there six feet away from <laughs> each other. There's a lot of wind. Lots of wind. <laughs> lots of, uh, you know, coming off the ocean. I think you're fine. You're okay. I-, I was thinking about this name, Helen. I feel like this name is going to come back into style because, you know, everyone is naming their kids like, like, um, Old, old timey names. Do you know about this? Like, there's a lot of yeah, esters yes. coming back, and like, yeah, things like that. Very strange. Yeah. Anyway, well, Helen. I mean, well, if they're naming things after Helen Oyeyemi, then they're doing. You're okay. happy about Bria, it. Bria, <laughs> what is your next pick? I feel like if I have to do this one because um, um, it's a book we both love. I know you would recommend it as well, so I may as well just talk about it, which is the Hate You Give. Um, when we first started doing this podcast, this book had just come out. I will say this is one of those books where I feel like every once in a while there's like a big buzzy book and, you know, we always like miss one Mm. and you're like, oh, like if this was the big buzzy book that came out and you're like, you know what, I'll get to that. Now's the fucking time. Now's the time. (laughs) Grab this one. Grab the hate you give. Um, It's fiction, but it is very real, uh, very um, timely. It's about um, a teen girl named Star who witnesses the police shooting of her, of her friend. Um... And she's the only one who really knows what happened. And it's all about, like, the reactions of the city, the news, how they cover it, uh, her neighborhood, her family. Basically, like, how everyone is reacting to this, where Star was actually there. She's the one who knows what's happening. And then, and and it's, it's interesting because it's not, it, it parallels exactly what's happening now. I mean, that thing, that people go out into the streets and things start happening. And um, it's really riveting. Um, Angie Thomas is the, is the author. Um, and she, cre- and the movie's on Netflix right now, right? I believe it is. And, um, she, she created, forgive me for this. She created a real star in star. Like you really, <laughs> you're really interested in her. And, um, it's just a really compelling character, but it is about racism in America and it's about police brutality. And, um, this is, if you want a fiction book, but you are like, I, I feel like I need to, read something that can kind of talk to me about what's happening right now. I actually feel like this is a great, fantastic, fictionalized version of of what is happening from like a YA perspective. What's your next pick? Uh, my next pick is The Mothers by Britt Bennett. Uh, and I will say, so Britt Bennett, her new book just came out. It's called The Vanishing Half, which I have mm. and I'm really excited to read. And she debuted at number one on the New York Times bestseller list this week. And she's the first black woman in a few years to do that. So don't take my word for it. Take <laughs> a bazillion other people's. Um, so The Mothers is the book that she had that bef- came out before The Vanishing Half. Um, and it is very intense literary fiction. This is one of those books that you just like can't put down. Mm. Like, you have a Saturday with a lot of sandwiches to eat and some time. Like, you, <laughs> you know how your Saturdays you. are. You wake up. You make a bunch of sandwiches. <laughs> you line them in a what row. A fucking dream. <laughs> <laughs> you put them in a row. You read a chapter of sandwich. Oh, truly a dream. <laughs> um, so it's about 
this teenage girl in Southern California and she ends up getting pregnant with the local pastor's son. And there's like a, like an attempted cover up of the pregnancy and like all the secrets that surround the pregnancy and these, their romance and like how their relationship progresses over the next few years. And oh my God, it is so fucking good. It's like one of those incredible books that just explores all the ways our lives could be different if we made different choices. Mm. It just like really goes into that like kind of weird feeling, like the feelings of regret and curiosity that you have and like looking at your life and like, what if this one thing had changed, you know, but it can't and like trying to deal, trying to deal with those, the ramifications of thing of things that you did when you were young. And it was just like, again, we got an arc of this, I think. Uh, when it came out and I just couldn't put the fucking thing down. It's incredible. Uh, so what's your last pick? I just have to say this, speaking of romance, y'all have really come through with the romance suggestions for me. For and real? Mallory, but me especially. So thank you for all of those. Um, I will be picking at least one of them up. There's so many. I, I, I don't know if I can commit myself to reading romance for the rest of the year, but thank you all for that. Um, I'm going to end this with, I'm going to, I mean, uh, the, re, the the glassers always come through. <laughs> I'm going to circle back uh, to some more sci-fi and it's a short story book. Um, <laughs> I'm so surprised. By, it's called Friday Black by Nana Kwame Ajay Brinya. Um, it's, um, it, this is an amazing short story book. It is also sort of like sci-fi, weird fiction, uh, horror-esque, um, it, it every one of them deals with sort of racism, cultural issues, um, things that we're talking about right now. Basically, if you give him um, a Black Mirror show, he could fill up an entire season, and I would watch it, and I would be very happy about it. Um, like to give you an example of one of the short stories. There's one about a world in which time just resets every day, no matter what everyone does. So it resets at the exact same time. If you die, if you kill everyone, it all just like keeps starting again. So people start to sort of lose their minds and do that kind of thing. It is uh, really wild. Um, it talks. It basically really goes into how people behave and what people do under pressure. Um, every story kind of leaves you thinking. There's one about an augmented reality game. Is that what you call it when you like go in and like, like augment in reality, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. yes, yes. Um, in which you can, um, you, you can be, you can go and play a person who has a home invader and you shoot the intruders and like guess the race of the people who choose to do that and the race of the people wow. that they shoot. Um, and then there's a Black Friday one um, in which people are actually killing each other on on a Black Friday. You know, like, they're not just fighting over the TV. Like, things actually get violent. So everything is, is it's it's very much, like, takes on racism and consumerism, technology, how technology is affecting race in America and elsewhere. Um, and it, it's fantastic. Um, definitely, people should definitely pick this one up. What's your last one? All right, so my last pick is... A book called My Sister the Serial Killer by Oyinkin Braithwaite. And I love bonus this points. book. Love this book. Ugh, it's so good. Uh, this book is wicked short if you're looking for a quicker read. And it is exactly as the title says. It is about a Nigerian woman whose little sister is a serial killer. She kills her boyfriends. Uh, it is so dark, but it's also really funny. Like this mm -hmm. author is masterful at um, that, like writing that line between being dark and meaningful, but also just like hilarious. Um, it also has one of the coolest book covers I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. It is just beautiful. Um, it is a great, quick, thrillery read for summer. Again, I'd call it a beach read, but like, what do you say 
for during quarantine, like a lawn read, a uh, porch Cou- read, cou- couch with the sun through the window read, like just- a sun- sunbeam read. Yeah. Like I don't know, but it is just yeah, it's absolutely wonderful. So I think this is one of the, this might be the only like just straight up thriller we have on this list. So if you are a mystery or thriller person. This is the one for you. The writing is fast paced. It's just like, you're not going to be able to put this one down. And you really like the sister in this one. The sister that isn't the serial killer. You really like her. I, feel, I remember like really being like, she's a real indoor kid. You know, like she's yeah. not that cool. <laughs> her sister's so cool and also a serial killer on top of that, which is so frustrating. <laughs> and she has to like keep dealing with it. It's mm-hmm. just like, uh, it, it's, it's so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I just want to say again, like we're all out there, you know, whether you're protesting or donating or calling your representatives or emailing your representatives or like doing all of them. There's, we're all trying to do so much right now to make change in the world. But one of the ways that you can make change and, and do a lot of good and like do great stuff for yourself is just read more black authors, Mm -hmm. whatever genre you like, whether it's romance, whether it's thrillers, whether it's sci-fi, fantasy, horror, literary fiction, just read more black authors every month. Look at your list and be like, okay, well I need to add to this. It is very easy. It is quick. There's a email us. If you need more recommendations, we are here to help. Um, and I do want to say, we're going to just keep every week, keep posting more links in the show notes, um, to support the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, this is something that it's not just a moment in time. It's something that we are committed to helping keep the momentum going, you know, going forward with uh, whatever's going to happen in the future. But this is a great, great place to start is just add more black authors to your to your TBR. Yeah. I mean, not only is it great for you, which you know it is because it's going to open your eyes, it's going to expand your world, um, but it's also like the practicality of it because we all know you listen to the show, so you know how it works. You know how pre-orders work, how important they are. You know how when there's a company and they have an author and it sells super well, they're like, we're going to find five more authors just like that author. So if you go buy these books by black authors, they're going to find more books by black authors and publish them. So you're helping future authors. You're helping that same author to get their next book published. Like this stuff is really important. So vote with your dollars, y'all. Yes, for sure. And again, like Bree said, you're just going to be reading more great books. Yeah. Like there's just like a win, win, win. There is no losing in this scenario. And again, if you ever... There's so many lists online, but if you ever need a recommendation, just email us. We'll send you a bazillion of them. Uh, So you can send your recommendations for your favorite black authors to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. And before we solve a reader problem, we're going to take a quick break. Now it's time to solve a bookish problem from one of our listeners. Sophia writes in, after your episode, if you love a book, let it go. I've just had a huge cull of my TBR list and honestly, it feels like a relief. I'm due to return to medical school after this crisis is over. So there were many books there that I felt compelled to read, but wasn't really interested in. Prioritizing books by how valuable they are to me right now, rather than how useful they might be into the future was so, so helpful. So thank you for convincing me I don't need a huge long TBR list. I suspect I'm not alone in this, but the current pandemic is making it really hard for me to concentrate on reading, which makes the whole thing even more frustrating slash sad slash boring. I was wonder- I wondered if you guys had any advice on how to help yourself concentrate on reading so that you weren't distracted by the news, making up a cup of tea, generally staring off in the distance and stressing. Uh, just for fun, because I've always wanted to work out my own wheelhouse, mine would be medical professionals, biographies, historical fiction set outside of the UK, books about tea, cake, biscuits, or wine. Uh-huh, anything go on. Greek- <laughs> <laughs> anything related to Greek mythology, books with feminist leadings, uh, and that have really good descriptive elements so that you can almost taste 
hear, smell, see what the author is describing. Oh, and animals, dogs, all in caps. Wait, books about um, tea, cake, biscuits, or wine. Oh, like, okay, it doesn't have to be at all of them, but books about tea, I'm, I'm in. I'm in for that. Biscuit books. <laughs> Give me that biscuit it. book. <laughs> I want her to tell us wh- what biscuit book she's reading. This is great. <laughs> um, so I know we recently did an episode on this, but in light of all, like, it's one of those things where just like, it's like a curse where every week you're like, how can things get worse? <laughs> like, so in There's all these all great the things- memes, by the way, happening right now where people are like, the history books of, uh, you know, all of the 90s and 2000, 2000s and then history book of 2020. It's like the li- biggest book ever. Like, it's like, yeah, yeah. this is, this shit is nuts. Um, yeah, there's a lot of things happening in the country right now. People are having a really tough time with things for a multitude of reasons. So I thought we could revisit this reader issue with a couple more tips. Uh, and something that I actually found really helpful was a huge surprise to me. Um, so if being an escapist reader is not working for you right now, I would try reading a book about what's going on. Uh, during the first two weeks of uh, the Black Lives Matter protests and this movement going on, I just couldn't focus on reading. I mm-hmm. fucking couldn't do it. It was just like during the first two weeks of the pandemic, I had this feeling where if I didn't constantly check the news, I'd be missing something like something, some new bad thing was happening. Some, something was going on. Uh, I was driving poor Jeremy nuts because I was just like, I had CNN and we, and we very rarely like watch, watch the news. We do more reading of the news, but I just, every night I had CNN on because like listening to Don Lemon, like telling, like, I just wanted to know what was going on. Um, but getting a constant barrage of information while I'm hunched like a goblin at my uh, laptop or in front of the TV is not great. Uh, so I started reading nonfiction about racism or black history, just like on the couch or on my chair. And it satisfied my brain's urge to be connected with the matter at hand, but at a more measured pace that wasn't stressing my brain out. Like we all, and I say we all, most of us, I think, you know, especially when something, there's a lot of, um, you know, things going on in the country, you're just hooked on Twitter, you're hooked on the internet. And like, it's just like a, like a lightning speed amount of information and stuff going at your brain. And like, it just, I felt like I couldn't turn my mind off. Mm-hmm. So being able to just like listen to an audiobook or just like read a book at a more measured pace without 5 million other things happening, but also still being connected to what was going on just was weirdly soothing to me. And it was very, it ended up being really, really helpful. And like, I'm, almost all the way through a bunch of different audiobooks and books about uh, what's going on right now. So that was really helpful to me. Bria, what have you been finding helpful? I think that is great too, just just like to second that. I think especially like like a um like a black history book is fascinating. It's not taught enough in schools and you're going to find out a lot and and understand even deeply more deeply like what's happening, which is great. Um Yeah, I will I think a lot of folks right now um, especially white people who don't haven't had to think about this stuff, are, and we get we've gotten a few listener emails from people who are just like I don't this problem feels so big and I feel like I don't know where to start or mm-hmm. what to do. Um, so that's a great place to start. I've been listening. I'm almost uh, all the way through the audiobook uh, "Me and White Supremacy" by Layla F. Saad, and it's great because it's like a workbook, and she gives you all these like journaling prompts and thinking Mm. prompts and just sitting there and thinking, okay, like how can I make myself less of a garbage person and how can I help other people? Even when you are just total despair and just so feel so upset about everything that's happening, it, it was very helpful. Mm. And I would just really, really recommend that. So I'm going to recommend the opposite. (laughs) 
Because <laughs> I well, am. Like we always say there's, you know, choose your own adventure here. Everything, yeah. Something different is going to work for everybody. Yeah. Well, I am an escapist reader and I know that about myself. I know that when whatever's happening, I, I do kind of like to read things like adjacent. Like if I'm working on a movie, I'm like, oh, I would read something like in that universe. But there is a point in time where I get too stressed out and I'm like, no, it can't have anything to do with anything that I'm thinking about. Um, but it, but give me a biscuit book. <laughs> give me that biscuit book. Uh, the BB of the world. Um, but so I, I mean, just like we to echo what we said a second ago, I mean, you can still be using your reader dollars for good in this situation. And like, I think about myself as a female filmmaker or a female artist. And like, I always put, whether I mean to or not, the female experience is in my work. And it usually some reflection of like my own experience or what I've been through, whether or not I mean it to be sometimes definitely because I mean it, mean it to be, but it always going to be there. So, um, I think like go through and find, uh, find, find books by black authors. Maybe the ones we just suggested, maybe some black queer authors. It is pride month. Y'all don't forget. Um, go through your list, find, find a book by a black author, um, and put your money towards it. Uh, cause they worked their ass off to get here. It was harder for them to publish than everyone else. So you just say you want to read a book about zombies, you can pick up Dread Nation. It is about racism at its core. It is historical fiction in some ways. Historical, can you call it historical fiction if there are zombies? I feel like we went over this before and we never made a decision. It's like spe- his- speculative historical fiction? Yeah, it almost is speculative historical fiction. And like, to be fair, like even the word historical, like history is speculative in, in its own way. You know, it's history true. is not like, I mean, like we were saying earlier, there's so much we didn't learn black history in school right. like that's just as much the fantasy that we learned in school is like is what's different between that and the story about zombies you know I mean it's very true this is a what do you call it uh when you when it's not like history takes a different timeline it's um alternate alternate thank you uh this is like an alternate fiction book in which zombies attack um, or a modern zombie tale. That's right. I'm just going to offer zombie books up for you um, by Zone <laughs> One by Colson Whitehead is about the black experience currently and also during a zombie uprising, post-zombie uprising. Um, and both of those books I think are great, but kind of keeps you grounded in the moment. And it's going to just help you put those dollars where you want them to be going. You still yes. feel like you're doing a little bit of work. You still feel like you can like take that time for yourself, but also uh, be able to escape a little bit within these artists' work. So if you want us to solve your reader problem, you can send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. As always, we want to thank Danielle and Kathy and Jessica who run our Facebook group and Christy and Rachel who moderate our Goodreads page. Remember, you can buy Reading Glasses tote bags and shirts and stickers and bookmarks in the Maximum Fun store. There's a link in the show notes. And if you are looking for more ways to support uh, the Black Lives Matter movement, we're just going to keep those links in the show notes. If you like the show and you want to do something to help us for free, you can rate and review us on iTunes. I have not checked on how many... uh, Reviews we have. I don't know how close we're getting to a thousand. Who could say? Who knows? Who knows what's happening right now? But I hope, but you can help us get there. Um, it's great for us, helps us reach more listeners, makes us feel nice about ourselves, which is something we could all use right now. Uh, you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast, on Instagram at readingglassespodcast. And you can always follow along on our bookish adventures using the general hashtag readingglassespodcast. Thanks for listening and thanks for reading. 